0: Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio. What a weekend of Premiership Rugby with the end of the season in sight. It was all to play for this weekend with several teams still chasing a place in the top four. We'll chat through the winners and the losers and who's still in the fight. And we'll also look ahead to the big battles coming up next weekend. Here, helping me as ever to steer the podcast ship is Sarah Elgin. Sarah, how are you?
1: I'm good, thanks, Lawrence. Nice to see you. Yeah, it was a really exciting weekend, wasn't it? lots to chat about but before we get on to the rugby there's a familiar face to welcome back to the podcast from the Evening Standard it's Steve Cording. Hi Steve.
2: Hi Sarah. Hi Lawrence. How are you both? Yeah How we're well, really good.
1: You. We haven't seen you for a while. You've been a few weeks off. What have you been mm, doing?
2: Uh, a couple of weeks for Easter. A few days down in Devon to see my folks and um, then uh, managed to have a date night with my wife at the weekend which is really nice. I did nice. see yeah. on Instagram
1: down in the tequilas. She, she, I does, love tequilas. She, oh. she
2: does love an Instagram I have to say that. She, love the, <laughs> she also loves a tequila as well, but it was a lovely little Same. place called The Hideaway. In a uh, Serviton marina, so that was really, really nice to go there. Uh, and I actually managed to teach my three-year-old how to ride a bike as well. Do you remember I those days? I
1: think <laughs> you said teach my three-year-old how to drink, how drink tequila. tequila. I was like, don't that's <laughs> <know>, those <there's divas." laughs> To ride a bike, oh, that's that's a big moment, doesn't it? Yeah. I remember those days.
0: Can you teach Sarah how to drink tequila as well, please?
1: <laughs> <Can>, can... Larisa <laughs> tequilas I can do. I can't do. I can't do much, but tequilas I can do. I'm just not as good as you at them.
2: Can you ride a bike, Sarah? I that's can a ride. Place. Mike,
1: Steve, thank you. Well, come, it come on either. this podcast for a boost, by the way. Come on to talk <laughs> rugby. Uh, let's move it forward. Lawrence, what have you been up to? Uh, well,
0: I was working on Friday night, as you know, down in uh, Bristol, at yeah. Ashton Gate uh, for the sale match, and then I stayed the night down there. I didn't go out on the town because my son wasn't there; he was back at home. But I did go back, uh, and actually, I watched football on Saturday, which was a big mistake. I went to Stamford Bridge as a Chelsea fan and watching us get beaten by Brighton and my son was obviously a bit you know Enzo he's a bit upset is he a
1: chelsea fan as well yeah
0: he is and they're okay. a bit, they're in a bit of a dip at the moment to say the least and all he's ever known because he's 21 is basically chelsea winning trophies and i said to him listen yeah. don't worry i said success for me when i was growing up was getting out of the stadium alive okay so <laughs> the fact <laughs> it's a very you don't know how good
1: you've had it you don't
0: know how good you've had it yeah Thank God for the rave scene in the late eighties. That's oh. all I can say. If football hooliganism went away and uh, it was it's actually quite nice to go to a football match, but you can't always win. And that's the same with some of our rugby teams this weekend. You can't always yeah, win. Yeah,
1: we've got a man you and a lead supporter in our house. So our Ooh. son supports Manu and then my husband supports Leeds. Oh, so, yeah. That
0: sounds like a boxing match in itself.
1: Doesn't it? <laughs> I know. it is interesting when they play against each other, they sit here on the sofa in the in the jerseys. It's quite amusing. Um, okay, yeah, let's um, carry on then, shall we and talk about rugby. Our guest this week is a young man who's certainly enjoying life at the moment. Since joining London Irish in 2021, he's been making a massive impact on the game for the Exiles. It's Tom Pearson. Hey, Tom, how are you? I'm very well,
3: thank you. sorry.
1: Good. Um, London Irish haven't played. Have you for, was it, best part of three weekends now? Have you been allowed any time off or has Les Kiss and Declan Kidney been keeping you all on a tight leash?
3: No, no, we have had a few days off last week, so... It was nice. Yeah, three weeks without a game is, you know, you don't get that very often. So, um, yeah, I managed to get away to Barcelona for a little bit, which was...
1: Oh, which did was you? Because nice. a lot of players have gone to Dubai, hasn't it? haven't they? That's usually where if you get some time off, you go this time, you're Barcelona. Sounds nice, though.
3: Very nice. Quite a nice mix, you know, a little bit of culture
0: as well as nice coast
3: and stuff. So, nice nah, a real mix. Yeah, it's nice.
0: Good. Tom, you've been with Irish for less than two years, I think, and you didn't take the sort of traditional route. In other words, you didn't come through the academy. You quite sensibly, I would say decided to finish. Where were you at university, by the way? Uh, I was at Cardiff Math. Okay, so you decided to finish uni and then join Irish. You had a couple of offers, obviously, from other clubs. What was it about London Irish that made you go, yeah, I quite fancy going there, rather than maybe some of the other premiership clubs?
3: To be honest, oh, at so that point, it was only between Cardiff, Ospreys, and being in Welsh, I so you know strong welsh connection there uh i'm not actually welsh qualified at all which definitely had some say in the situation
0: thank god for that by the way i mean sorry <laughs>
3: <laughs> but i'm from hereford which is you know as you know just across the border so it's not too far away stone's throw distance but
0: yeah. they didn't offer you a master's so you could get qualified for wales did they
3: um <laughs> i think no nah, no, i didn't i didn't fancy the master's option i thought yeah i'll do my three years and then yeah i think west london was was a good option at that stage
0: what is it
1: about cardiff Met, though because there's it, so many good rugby players have come out of that that college, and you kind of all have come out, you know, in the last what I don't know five six years. What is it that's so good about the Saturday? Fr- Friday there?
0: and Saturday night, isn't it?
1: <laughs> well, there, and when, there and is
0: Wednesday. <laughs>
3: um, no, it's, it's yeah, it's I think just the, the comprehensive rugby program they run is second to none, to be honest. As well as the the Bucks League in general, I think probably doesn't get quite as much, but it, it's starting to get a little bit more. You know, starting to come into the thing a little bit now in terms of guys coming in to find players from that route it's also quite a cheap option for clubs but the Cardiff Met itself is a great place to be there. it's a high level s um, which for a lot of boys is exactly what they need as well as playing lots of rugby so there's a team in the Saturday in the men's league some traditional teams like Pontypool Bargoy those kind of guys cross keys they're all in there
1: they're tough matches, I bet. It
3: can be, especially if you're English. But yeah, if you're if you're an 18 year old English schoolboy <laughs> going to Pandy Park, you know, as the first Saturdays is is yeah, you kind of got to front up a little bit, and if not, they will get the better of you. So that, as well as the S and C playing the Bucks on a Wednesday, which is very good level. Uh, I know there's a lot of academy guys that they now kind of play on loan in in that league as well. So uh, yeah, it's definitely up and coming.
2: We had uh, Alex Dombrant on the show earlier in the season and he obviously spoke about how it helped him to develop and grow as a player playing against uh, men at an earlier age. Do you think that benefited you as well, Have been on that experience? 100%. 100%. I was actually used to second row at the time because I was probably one of the taller guys.
3: And I think playing in that type five at that age, you know, against men was, you know, really built those kind of core skills that you do need. Definitely became more physical as a result. And, you know, when then when you would come up against students on a Wednesday, it wasn't a breeze, you know, but it was, it was a lot easier to kind of compete in, in, and be physical then.
0: I made my debut for Walsh against Neath uh, at their stadium. The Null. Yeah. The Null, yeah. And it, was, it was on a Friday night before England played Wales. The next day, Wales played England. And I was... Of a young man in a, in the dressing room and I, there's noises I heard from the home dressing room. I, I've never heard anything like it ever again. Really, <laughs> <laughs> it, it finished. Uh, it finished ten nine to us. Uh, Classic, I touched, Classic I, man. I, I touched the ball twice and that was by mistake.
1: Uh, <laughs> 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 I grew up at the Knoll. It's a great place to play. Oh, it's, oh, it's play, fantastic. Obviously,
0: it, it was fantastic. But uh, yeah. I mean, I
1: was only little. I just remember the news agents across the road drove to go for a ten pence mix before watching my dad play. Class. <laughs> um, so, Tom, uh, obviously, <laughs> you're. you're still young Uh, you're still a young man the future's bright for you I'm just wondering what kind of your ambitions are as a player in 15 years time when you look back at your career what would you have liked to have achieved
3: um I think it's hard I don't look at the bigger picture too much just I think a season at the time at the moment is perfect obviously to be on the England radar and potentially get capped you know that would be amazing not something that I want to you know you want to force your way in you know but when the time's right that's uh, that's the main thing so uh Yeah, I think to do that as soon as possible would be ideal. And, you know, to enjoy playing as well, I think that's just as important. And to make good memories, you know, because, you know, as we all know, careers don't last forever. So that's just as important.
0: Yeah. And I think, as you know, Tom, if you sacrifice a lot, which you do, and the people around you sacrifice a lot to allow you to play rugby, you, it's got to be worthwhile, isn't it? It's got to be, you've you got to win more than you lose. Otherwise, you know, go and do something else. That's the reality. But you've obviously been in and around a few England squads. You haven't been capped yet. But I, I think it's not a question of, of if, it's only a question of when. Did I read somewhere that you don't take your England kit home, or is that just a, a load of cobblers?
3: No, no, it's true. So obviously, as you know, we get, you know, large suitcases full of kit before each kind of campaign or, or camp or that kind of thing. But, I don't know. It's just something I feel
0: quite superstitious. Maybe go well. I take it home when I deserve it. That kind of thing.
3: Uh, a little bit. I, I think just keeping it at Pennyhill Park for the time
0: being. And I love that. And just I yeah. do as well. Yeah. I mean, I, by the way, I took mine home because we didn't get paid anything else. So that's just... <laughs> 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 like, That was all. We, that's all you turned up yeah. for was the
2: kit. To be fair, the suitcase is very nice. It would have been useful actually to stay in Barcelona, but um... <laughs> <laughs> you're not like any of the guys that I went to university with because all of them would just steal kit from everywhere else. Every other club we went to, every. Everybody seemed to want to come back with kit from their club, but I don't know whether that was just my university or not. Guys. No, a bit, a bit of slash, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: listen, Tom, let's bring you forward to the here and now. The premiership season is pretty exciting, there's a huge fight going on for the top four. Uh, Northampton obviously won at the weekend. Uh, the last game that we covered, you and London Arch were outstanding actually, but it was three weeks ago. It's a bit strange, isn't it? And it's a bit of a weird one to be going into the run-in and suddenly to have a bye week and have to sit there and watch everyone else. I don't think it's very fair, if I'm honest. You know, everyone gets a bye week, but what we really want is a league that everyone's playing right the way through to the end of the season. You guys must be desperate to get back out on the pitch. You beat Saracens already, so you know they're going to be coming after you. You've got to go to the Stonex, which is not an easy place to go. How are you guys feeling about that? You're taking on basically two of the best teams in the league in the last two weeks. I guess that's why you played, isn't it, really?
3: Yeah, 100%. I think, obviously, we know the opposition coming into these last rounds are strong. But at the same time, we can only concentrate on ourselves. And, you know, we've I think the last three or four times we've played Saracens, definitely since I've been in the club, I haven't lost to them.
1: That's a great stat. That is a yeah, good stat to have.
3: I think ho- home and away. We had a big comeback last season away. We had a red card early on and came from a crazy point deficit. Remember Rory Jennings kicking the goal. I think it was to draw. And then yeah, just before Christmas again, what a win that was. So yeah, we got we got to concentrate on ourselves a little bit. A week off in the season isn't the end of the world and, and sometimes it's, will help a squad and, and boost morale. But three weeks, if I'm honest, is way too long, especially at the moment we had, you know, finishing off at St Paddy's Day. You know, you want to carry that on as much as you can. So the training has been pretty intense. Uh, we've had a kind of a little mini pre-season, but we, we did a, a little bit of testing and then did a, lot of, quite a lot of fitness top-ups, a bit of a game simulation on Saturday just to make sure, we're, you know, we're, we're flying into this week now, coming into Saracens. And, uh, you know, it's, it's it's been good. I think always when a team winning, the the selection's a, little, a lot harder and everyone's kind of gunning for your position. And, and, and that's definitely been shown in training over these last three weeks. You know, everyone's pushing for a
2: spot. There's, there's been a lot of rotation this year and, you know, everyone's up for it. You've obviously got a very, very close-knit group of players down there at Brentford now. I mean, what makes it so special at the moment for you to be playing there? I think the age of the squad, you know, with the with the cap coming down,
3: there's probably a, lot, a little bit less experience in there. And it means guys have had to step up a lot more, especially younger guys. Even some of those in the academy, we've seen guys getting their debut this year and, and really stepping up and, and making a difference when they play. It's so tight-knit and it's really helped us kind of in these last few moments since Christmas realising those big moments in games you know really coming together and and finding that last couple of percent to get over the line
0: Tom, I must ask you you know obviously there's one or two players leaving Uh, Ollie Hassel Collins is going off to Leicester but I think there must be a genuine feeling now that you don't have to leave London Irish to go and further your rugby career you know when we won the World Cup we came from nine different premiership clubs and you know you don't need to necessarily be playing a Leicester or a Saracens or whatever the club might be you you feel you can achieve certainly at the moment you feel you can achieve everything you want to in a London Irish jersey.
3: 100%. I think that's shown as well by, I don't know how many years it's been since we've had an England cap, might have been, I think it was like 2013, 2014. And now we've had three in the last year you know what I mean yeah. so you know that's massive another reason why players might have left in the past is to potentially go and play you know Heineken Cup or Champions Cup rugby we've qualified for that this year and it looks like we'll, we'll qualify again this year so you know to play on that those calibres of teams again next year you know is, a, is even more a reason to stay around and push on
2: I have to ask how's your body 219 tackles this season I mean that's phenomenal I mean you're obviously leading the tackle count at the moment in the Premiership are those things important to you is it great to see your name at the top of that list
3: it's nice to know I don't really keep count and keep a mice of eye on it. I think it's more a lot of it is more important for me is the effectiveness of those tackles rather than just a pure number.
1: Love that. Yeah, that's
3: a good
0: answer.
1: Tom, so Steve's already mentioned your two hundred and nineteen tackles and you're gonna get tackled by Lawrence Delalio now. Lucky you.
0: <laughs> rather tackle him than be tackled by Tom because i the <laughs> effectiveness of some of those hits. Tackled.
3: Your full name, please, Tom. Tom Edward Andrew Pearson. Lovely. Favourite takeaway? Quite traditional. Fish and chips, I'd say. Maybe by the coast. Nice. Last movie that you watched? What was the last film you went to see? Watched Creed 3 quite recently. Um it's quite good. Any good? Not bad. Probably prefer the first one, if I'm honest. But uh no, nah, it's still good. Do you have a nickname? TP. So I'll go by now.
0: And in a couple of sentences, what's the best advice that you've been given? I think...
3: Part of it was when I went on a trial period at Cardiff Blues while I was still at uni. It was my C coach actually at at uni. He said, like, just don't turn up with your cap in your hand kind of thing. He said, when you go, just really go there to know you're meant to be there and, and to try and make a difference. So that really stuck with me, actually, and, and helped me while I was there and then, and then turning up at Irish as well.
0: Fantastic. And um, I know you're a young man still, but who's the most famous person in your concert book?
3: Pretty think Augustine Creevy,
0: to be honest. I think Argentinian royalty. <laughs> Him and Maradona, I think, are the, the, the main yeah. guys over there. He's, he's a great guy, isn't he? What a yeah. great man he is. And when you finally get Cat England, which I believe you will, what karaoke songs do you sing at the front of the bus?
1: This is the most important question, Tom, so think very carefully about it.
3: I go, Paul and the Tini, last request, I think. Oh,
0: strong. Love
1: that song. That's the start. best one we've had.
0: I think it is. Quite a good vocal range needed, but um, yeah. Yeah, i give it my best. Okay, now the rugby questions. Who is the best rugby player of all time, or who was the person that you watched growing up and thought, I want to play rugby?
3: I was always impressed by, and I think he was probably a little bit of an unsung hero in the team, but I always liked Jerome Kano. I thought very physical as well as very skillful at the same time. So he's someone I definitely watched quite closely.
0: And so far, in your short career of professional rugby, what's been, or, or even in university rugby, what's been your best rugby moment so far? The most memorable rugby moment? I'd say my prem debut, so beating Exeter at Sunny Park. Whoa, is that your prem debut? Seriously?
3: Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I hadn't played for Irish at all at that point. We had an A League game on the Monday, um, which went quite well. So they just put the team up on the. I think it was literally the Tuesday we came in, and um, the day after the game, and I was starting on the Saturday again against Exeter. So uh, no, nah, and we, we ended up turning them over and kickstarted the season really so uh now nah, it's a great day
0: well listen Tom really appreciate you joining us uh, I'm sure you'll have many many more memories uh, yet to be made we wish you all the very best for the last couple of weeks of the season and hopefully a few more uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast and enjoy your summer off when you finally get one cheers guys thanks, thanks for thanks Tom. Tom thanks Tom
1: Okay, so let's get into the rugby then, shall we? Sale Sharks, sort of Bristol Bears. and um, They dominated them physically, didn't they? Lawrence and I were down at Ashton Gate on Friday night. Um, Sale coming away with a win, 36 points, Bristol 20. And with that, Sale confirming their place in the playoffs. Also on Friday night, we saw West Country derby between Gloucester and Bath. Despite the Charon Whites having a 17-point lead at one stage, it was a resurgent Bath who claimed the win, 33 points to 24. They'd be happy with that. Saturday's game saw wins for both home sizes. Harlequins beat Newcastle, 48 points to 20 at the Stoop, While at the Franklin's Gardens, Northampton bagged maximum points over Saracens, with a final score of 38-29, enough for them to move into the coveted fourth spot in the table, for now, at least. And then the final match of the weekend was an emphatic win for Leicester over Exeter Chiefs 62-19, that finished off to the Tigers. So, Lawrence, that was the most points that Exeter have conceded in the Premiership game ever. I mean, there were yellow cards, obviously, for them, two for Hollywood Burn, which meant it went to a red for him, just two minutes into the second half. Any reservations about that second yellow for you?
0: Yes, there were. I know that you're in contact with Nigel Owens quite regularly. He's been on Twitter and we do value Nigel's opinion. He thinks that there needs to be a change in the laws because when a player is sliding in and he slides in early, there's nothing you can do to stop him, really. I mean, so... I think Ollie Woodburn was well within his rights. I don't think he could do anything else. And I thought it was a harsh yellow card, if I'm honest with you. But I mean, the reality is that Exeter have given away too many cards. I think that's like eight or nine in the last eight or nine games. For some reason, they're giving away a lot of penalties. They're the highest in the league in terms of penalties. I think it's 13.9 per game, which is huge. Their set piece, which was... A real strength over the years, scrum and line-out has kind of fallen apart, really. They're right down the bottom in terms of their scrum and their line-out. And if I'm honest, I don't think they've been the same side since uh, Nick White left, the scrum half. I think he gave them something a little bit different. I don't think the, the fly halves have played anywhere near that well. Since he was there, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. I think they've given themselves too much to do. Rob Baxter was almost admitting it as much in his chat with you before the game when he said, if you've got to come to the home of the champions and, and win in order to make the top four. You, it really shows that you haven't had a good season. So, yeah, I think it's a, a reboot for them. There's a lot to be positive about. They can throw all their eggs into that European basket and they'll obviously give it a crack, but they need two bonus point wins now from their last two games.
1: And Steve Northampton's win, saw so them leapfrog London Irish into fourth place with that uh, victory over 14-man Saracens, 13 men at one stage. What did you make of that as a contest?
2: Well, I think Northampton's record at home is fantastic. They've won eight games. Having Courtney Laws back for the first time in two months, I think made a huge difference, particularly for their set piece. They were a lot, lot stronger. You know, didn't lose a line out, didn't lose a scrum, But when he went off at 50 minutes, that's still where Northampton, I think, showed their weakness. They conceded another 19 points after that. They've now conceded unbelievably 606 points this season. And defence is clearly not their strength. That's 110 points more than Newcastle, which is, uh, you know, in the bottom of the league. So. I don't think we'll be. Look at you two with your stats
1: this week. You yeah. both been, you both solid stats, fact.
0: I think it's interesting. You know, it's really hard for you, sir, because you interview these guys week in, week out. So, so take some. I like you are going to say
1: that it's really hard for you, sir, because you can't do maths. Well, that <laughs> that as well. But I mean, but
0: when you, uh, yeah, you know how much curry and a bag of chips are. That's for sure. When <laughs> 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 when you, you interviewed someone like Phil Dawson, you know, one week he's like on top of the world because Northampton they either play very very well or really really badly or mm. they're just absolutely absent without leave. Do you know what I mean? They are mm. very good when they attack well and you just look at them and think they're the best, one of the most attractive sides in the premiership. And then, you know, as Sean Edwards said, defence isn't that thing that goes around the garden, you know, you need to actually tackle. And they have the worst defence in the league by some distance. And it must be really frustrating. They actually played really well for about 20 minutes in that game. Alex Mitchell, I think, is a superb player. And you look at the ball carriers that they've got. Augustus, Courtney Laws, Dave Ribbons and Lewis Ludlam. They have got some firepower there. But unfortunately for Northampton, in most of the games, only two of those four players are playing. And without the other two... They just lack the power to really, you know, punch holes in, in in the opposition. They've got all the talent behind the scrum that you could wish for in any side. And I think they're one of the prettiest sides to watch. But rugby's not always a pretty game, is it? And um, When they play well, they're very good. But unfortunately, it's only for about 20 minutes in every game ironically they might still make the playoffs yeah I mean they've only got one game left but it's, a, it's a way to Newcastle they've got to, they've got to get five points haven't they and you could see them doing them
2: they've only won twice away from home all season so you just oh, look at it and go God, well that's, that's, that's this that's is a stat-off
1: I love it come on get some more in
2: there
1: <laughs> I can see you both like kissing your biceps as you as you spar out another stat okay Lawrence you and I were down in Bristol as we mentioned DeSalle confirmed their place in the playoffs um, amazingly from the fourth time in, in history the Curry brothers they put on a really important Impressive display when enjoyed players of the match and a bit of a first. Austin called it. He likes to be different. And George Ford, he made his presence felt too, didn't he? And after a little bit of a, a slump in the league, Lawrence, I guess you could say they seem to be finding their form at just the right time. Sale,
0: yeah, they are. I mean they've they've won uh, they won a lot of matches now on the bounce. And I was quite surprised that they haven't already qualified for the playoffs because it feels like they've been at the top of the table for an eternity. Really, they started the season with five wins out of five in the Prem. I mean, Alex Anderson is building a really really strong score but their form away from home has been pretty poor, actually, but they managed to get the win. And we love a curry night, don't we? Uh, if, <laughs> yeah, I, if, if I can yeah. say that. And it was a, it was a top, <laughs> top performance for a real double act and real class. And Ben Curry was first selected for England and then he had to pull out because of injury. Tom Curry then became England's best player and world class in t- 2019. Since then, he's had his injury problems. He missed the whole of the Six Nations with a hamstring injury. Ben got picked for England in the Six Nations, was a bit up and down, was in the squad then out. And I think for the first time, to have those two players playing in tandem together, I mean, it was brilliant to watch. They made 30 tackles between them in the first half alone. Ben Curry scored a try from a pass from his brother, Tom. They had six or seven turnovers between them. They were just absolutely everywhere. And they are a proper, proper handful. And and hopefully they stay fit and they continue to push. And as you say, George Ford, who's been out for nearly the whole season, there's a reason why they brought him back into the team. 21 points he scored, test quality performance, to get one of the very best players in the country fit, a guy who's won the Premiership multiple times, knows how to take teams to a final and win. I think it's a really, really good omen for them. I think, you know, yes, Saracens are very strong. Yes, Leicester look, you know, rugged and, and determined and in, and in good mood. And London Irish, the outsiders, along with Northampton, but... I tell you what, you'd you do worse than stick a few pennies on sale, because with George Ford and the Currys playing like that, I think they're in good shape.
2: Big shout out to, uh, to their dad from me, Dave, who uh, I went to university with, both Did former... You? Yes, Borough Road College boys. I could tell you a okay. few stories about Dave, but I won't do was it. Was Dave a good player? He was, he was a very good player. Was yeah, he? Yeah, first 15. Yeah, very good player back in the
0: day. No, I tell you what, all his family were at the World Cup in Japan and uh, afterwards, obviously they were disappointed that they lost, as we all were, and they came back to the hotel and his sister like came run over i never met her before she gave she gave me a pint of beer and she she made me do a boat race with her <laughs>
1: oh she was in then if she does that to uh, laura like i'll well, tell you, you what, I, think,
0: I think she might have beaten me as well but i don't know i wouldn't want to <laughs> quite comfortably actually which was a bit of a worry, uh, i love that oh, Steve,
1: we'll have to save steve's stories then maybe to the final if they'll so, get to the final okay well time now then to name our player of the week
0: player of the week with qbe business insurance Be prepared.
1: I'm going to get in early, okay, because I'm always last. So I'm going to go with the obvious one, Chris Ashton. Not just for his hat trick. On Sunday, his sixth premiership, Patrick, by the way. But just for his massive achievement of being the only player in history to score over a century of premiership tries, that's pretty impressive. He said he just ran most of them in, he was being modest post-match, I think. But he's just been box office, isn't he, for, for most of his 18-year career. So I am going to go Chris Ashton.
0: Right. I am gonna go with a young man from Bath who plays in the back row, Miles Reed. Sam Underhill gets all the credit and gets all the headlines. Uh, because he's an England player, but actually, I thought Miles Reed has been outstanding. Uh, he scored two tries at the weekend. He's a wonderful young man. I think he's got a very, very bright future. So he's my player of the week. And Steve,
2: I'm going to go back to Friday, but I'm not going to go for a Curry brother. I'm actually going to go for George Ford. Lowell's already mentioned, but I thought his uh, performance again. He's been pivotal in the last couple of weeks. Twenty-one points, but also he made ten tackles. More stats for you, Sarah. I just think for a... you've
1: been busy this week.
2: I am for a fly half to make that money tackle. I think he's going to actually lead Sale back to the Premiership final, so we we'll back there twelve months on, obviously from limping out for Leicester last time round.
1: That'd be a story, wouldn't it? That would be mm. a story. Um, okay, should we look ahead then to what's come this weekend? Uh, Northampton—they'll be hoping for another win as they head north to take on Newcastle to try and keep themselves in that top four. Exeter, then we'll see Bristol Bears pay a visit to Sandy Park. Both sides have been stinging from their latest defeats. Um, it's the big summer kickoff as Harlequins take their game against Bath over to Twickenham Stadium. Really looking forward to that one. Gloucester will be welcoming Sale Sharks to King's Home and Sarries. Will be facing London Irish at the StoneX. That's another biggie, isn't it? So Lawrence Irish got enough to take the win and, and get those much-needed points. What do you think?
0: Well, it's quite hard to say really until you know what side that Saracens put out. They yeah, the injuries are starting to, to to mount up, and they've got to rest a few players as well because of the, um, the you know the the international sort of agreement. So it will be interesting. I've got to say that to back against Saracens on their own patch is ballsy, is punchy, isn't it? Really, they've lost. Go to on, like, do it then. They've lost on, to London. Like, well, 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 they. Lost to London Irish already this season, um, yeah. and so to do the double, but you just never know. It to feels ra-
1: like Irish are their bogey side, though. It Some, yeah, it absolutely. Like
0: it. And then the fact that Tom Pearson's you know, said, "Well, what's the big deal? I've never lost to Saracens."
1: Well, he didn't say what's the big deal. He just said he didn't. <laughs> don't put words in his mouth. He said he's never spin. lost spin. To them. Yeah. But the, but
0: the reality is that I like that. I like that attitude. There's nothing wrong in saying that. He's only he's only say, stating a fact of truth. So maybe. Three weeks will freshen them up, or maybe there's a little bit of rust in there. I don't know, but the reality is it doesn't really matter as much as I, as people think. I think it's going to come down to that home game against Exeter for London Irish. Look, no one wants to play London Irish at the moment. They're a really dangerous team. Okay, I'm going to say I think Saracens will win. I'm fascinated to see how our guest Tom Pearson plays against Ben Earl, who's probably the form player in the back row. In, in, in never the
1: seen him have a bad row. game.
0: No, so I'm going to go with Saracens, but only just. But. Irish will pick up either a try bonus or a losing bonus.
1: Okay. Steve, it should be an entertaining afternoon at Twickenham on Saturday. I love it when Quinns take these matches over the road. They know how to put it on an event. Fair play to them. How do you see that one going? The game I'm talking about, by the way, not the pre match entertainment.
2: I actually think Bath really are now starting to show what they're going to be made of, particularly next season. Back to back wins. I think they're going to make it three wins in a row. I actually think if the game was at the stoop, Quinns probably would have more chance. But with it being at Twickenham, big occasion. I'm going to back. Bath to win that one
1: mm, Okay Exeter Bristol currently 7th and 8th in the table lol. both teams I mean they're out of the top four though mathematically Exeter not completely out of it but yeah. I think it would probably take a miracle wouldn't it for them to get there now so how will both those teams be approaching this game I mean Chiefs as you've mentioned already they're bound to have one eye on La Rochelle
0: Yeah they are but equally what they'll want is a big performance going into that European Cup semi-final you can't suddenly go from 62 points leaking to winning a European semi-final. No. I, just, I don't know how that happens, you know, so there needs but to be. But it does a, happen. I know it, it does, yes, it but, can. But, but there needs to be a massive sh- shift in mindset. Yeah. So, and Bristol at the moment, I don't know what, I mean, the season can't end quick enough for them. They need to sell the two and a half million pound players that they've got, two players, two and a half million quid, and actually bring in some beef because you don't win the game without beef, you know, without some a proper strong, hard, pack of forwards. You can have Randranja and Pietau, who are amazing players, but I think there's an issue there. Two and a half million pounds going to two players, I think culturally changes the balance of power. And that's not me having a pop. I just think, you know, they're well within their rights to spend their money as they want to, but I think they need a set piece and some forwards who can can tough it up. They need a massive performance, really, if they're going to beat Exeter, because they'll be angry. Um, and I see Exeter Chiefs winning that game. I've got to be careful. because We've got Pat Lamb as my guest in rugby tonight. So. Yeah,
1: but <laughs> Anne, as well, though, you just never know with Bristol. You were saying about Northampton. It's the same yeah. with Bristol. When they're good, they are so good. Yeah. But then when they're bad, like, you know, when they're not, Things aren't going the way. We, we see Friday. I mean, I mean anyway. is, is,
0: this the, is this the last home game at, at Sandy Park for a lot of these players? Yeah. Yes, it
1: will be. Yes. So yes.
0: I tell you what, I mean, if you are going to, I mean, you know, you're not going to make the top four, maybe, you, you know, you may not make the European final, but you can show the fans what it's meant to you to play for Exeter. So... You know, I think they've got to use that as a way of uh, galvanising their team.
1: Okay. And very, very briefly, then, guys, predictions Northampton, Newcastle, Steve, who's winning that one?
0: Northampton have to win, don't they? Or the season could be over. So I think you've got to go for yeah. the Saints. Yeah. Bonus point win as well, I think.
1: Yeah. Season over. And wow, we end of April. I know. And no more games. And uh, Gloucester Sale, lol.
0: Well, I mean, I would say Gloucester, but uh, I think Sailor are great, great nick at the moment. I think they can, uh, I think Sailor win that. Uh, I do. I think they're in. Um, they it's superb Nick. And uh yeah, I think it's my George givington um got, got his work cut out to win that one.
1: Okay, so we shall be one step closer to knowing what the final table looks like after the weekend. It's exciting, isn't it? And we'll bring uh, you all the latest in next week's pod, of course.
0: I shall look forward to that, uh, Sarah. Thank you as ever for joining me, and Steve. My thanks to you too, of course. Big thank you to our special guest this week, Tom Pearson. I can highly recommend a trip to the Gtech Stadium to see London Irish in action. So do check out tickets for their end-of-season match at home against Exeter on the sixth of May. All details for that are on their Website london-irish.com. We'll be back next week, but until then, thanks for listening and goodbye. The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions.